All right, guys. Rabble Rouser is back. Episode five. This is Rose. This is Allie. And today we're kind of taking a break from studying up on a bunch of stuff and learning new stuff and kind of just rolling with uh, conversations that have happened over the past week. And so we are talking about modern day feminism and where it goes wrong. Yes. Yes, so this one I'm really excited for because I often do not get along with um, self-proclaimed feminists. I don't necessarily proclaim to be a feminist. Um, but again, with my whole trying to see both sides of everything, I think feminists nowadays definitely take things too far and are no longer looking for equality. They're looking for favoritism. Yes. And I am what I would consider a feminist because I do believe in equal rights for females. But again, like, like Rose just stated, the modern day feminist movement is not looking for equal rights of women. They are looking for superiority. Yes. Um, And so this is one of those topics that we are 100% aligned in. It is. And it's funny because I've been called a feminist by other people and I almost take it as an insult. And then I've been called an anti-feminist by feminists. So, right. I don't really fit in with either, I guess. Go figure. Yeah. That modern day idea of what a feminist is, is just, they've blurred the lines so much that I don't think anybody really even knows. No, I think, um, I think it's like a lot of the social Uh, movements right now where you know they took what was good Mm -hmm. and made it worse (laughs) yeah they went extreme original women's movement i think had it right it absolutely did you know but you you see it all the time and like a big one that got really twisted was um the me too movement Mm -hmm. because that one exploded too and went extreme Yeah, because the original Me Too movement was started in Africa because in Africa, it's completely legal for a man to beat his wife to death. Mm -hmm. It was a woman trying to bring, you know, awareness to that and basically, you know, have it recognized that that is murder. Right. And then Americans took it as a, oh, well, 10, you know, 20, 30 years ago, this guy who like, I didn't even think it was sexual harassment back then, but did this. And now I realize it's sexual harassment. So now I want to destroy his life. Right. Which I'm not saying people shouldn't be held accountable, but, and and this is where I get into arguments with feminists all the time. I believe that because sexual harassment is so subjective and men are basically simple creatures that as women, it is our social responsibility to call out what we deem as sexual harassment in real time. Yes. Because if you don't stop a behavior, once it happens the first time, then they assume it's okay. Right. Well, and I would and, argue it goes both ways. I'm not just blaming men on this one. And boundaries, like your boundaries might not be the same boundaries as my boundaries. So what, what is considered harassment to you might not be considered harassment to me. Exactly. And that's where I get in a lot of fights over like comments and whatnot that, that President Trump has made. It's like a lot of people do find offense in his comments, but like, I was, I was in the Marine Corps. So to me, it's, that's everyday banter. Yeah. And so boundaries, like you said, in real, in real time need to be set. Yes. 
and I'm kind of the same way. Like I grew up around mechanics, you know, my dad raised me. So I grew up with the, you know, quote unquote locker room talk and I can see how it is offensive, but there are many things that someone could say to me that I just laugh off or laugh with them that another woman might find um, offensive. Right. Now that being said, I don't think this whole move, like this whole new age movement thing of someone overheard the conversation that was taking place between two people and then took offense and therefore it was harassment is wrong. But I do think people need to be more aware of who is around them and kind of, you know, gauge the audience per se. Yes. And, and then again, like you said, set your boundaries. If it's something you're not comfortable hearing, let them know that's not appropriate in this context it makes me really uncomfortable when you talk that way can you please respect my boundary yeah and be nice about it right like I think a lot of what's happened in the new you know the last couple years could have been avoided if people would have spoke up and spoke up correctly yes which also brings another point that as as women over the last couple decades just talking about these things um, has also been something that that isn't believable. Like people just brush it off and oh, you're just being sensitive. And that's where my where my feminist views come in. Like we're not just being sensitive, but we need to be more assertive. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the issues that I have. Like, don't just look at a female and be like, well, you're taking offense to this because you're a sensitive woman. Um, no, I'm not. Yeah. And you can be just as sensitive as I am as a man. So like, you know, back off. Yeah. Yeah. I think the overemphasis on um, emotions in that is kind of bad. On the flip side, though, I do believe that people in general tend to be too emotional and need to learn how to separate emotion from logic and see things for what they are rather than thinking that your emotions only matter in these situations. That's true. And people also need to stop projecting their own emotions because on the flip side of that, if you present a boundary and then that person tells you that you're being sensitive, the reality is that person's being sensitive to hearing your boundary. Yeah. Um, So stop projecting on other people and take accountability for the way that you feel. And the way you respond to that feel. Yeah. Yeah, and this is what I run into with women who are like, well, this is just my emotion. I'm like, yeah, okay, but you, you know, I get into a lot of people who are like, well, you can't control who you love. I'm like, no, but you can control how you react to that and how you process it and, you know, how you act with it. Right. Well, and I would argue that too. You can't control who you love. Um, Yes, you can, because love is a choice. It's an act. Yeah. You can 100% control who you love. Now, who you're, like, attracted to, that's more hormonal and based off of smells and visual, like, off of all your senses. That's a little bit harder to control. But who you love is 100% a choice. Yeah, I I would argue, though, that you can control your reaction to um, that kind of stimulus, though, too. Because that's the, you know, that's the excuse a lot of men use for justifying rape and things like that. So, right. I think you absolutely can, but that again, that is something that we need to talk about with both genders, but especially men. Um, Cause so often, you know, rape victims and whatnot, it, it, it's put on them that, Oh, they were dressed a certain way or they let him on or blah, 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 which, um, you know, 
sure, women do lead men on because a lot of times they're scared to, to speak up. But at the same time, like, it's still not an excuse to to abuse someone that way. Right. Well, and, and let me be clear on what, what I'm, like, explaining. I don't mean their reaction, just the attraction. Yeah. Just the initial, oh, that person looks really good, or that person smells good, or, man, I just find that person visually entertaining. <laughs> I like that. But the, yeah, the reaction 100%, you need to learn how to control your urges. Yeah. And that's again where I say sexual harassment is subjective because a lot of these times when women are saying like, oh, well, this guy, you know, said that my butt looked good and that's sexual harassment. It's like, okay, but if you had been attracted to him, you wouldn't have viewed it as sexual harassment. You would have viewed it as him flirting and you would have taken it as a compliment. You would have. And then every time you were in front of him, you would have made sure that what you were wearing accentuated your butt. Exactly. So, and that's, that's the thing, just because one person makes you uncomfortable saying it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's harassment, but you can stop all of it by placing boundaries. Yep. And people just, and that's what I don't like about the Me Too movement. When it first came out, I was like, this is fantastic. I think I even posted something with the hashtag Me Too. But then what it turned into was just god awful so we went from women were hardly ever believed and that needed to change but now we're in a place where women are always believed so if they break up with somebody or if they just don't like the way somebody approached them they claim sexual harassment and now that person whether they're convicted or not has a smudge across their record the rest of their life because charged with yeah well, and I think men. Oh, did I lose you? Oh, to be alone with. Um, but at the same time, too, if you're a man saying that you're afraid of being alone in a room with a woman, like, well, what were you doing or what would you have done that made it to where now that women are being believed, you're afraid? What was the first part of that? Because I lost you at the first part. Oh, sorry. Um. The, the, the flip of where women were losing out on, you know, um, interviews and job opportunities because men were yeah. afraid of being alone in a room with a woman. Right. I can see that. Yeah, I don't even know if they're allowed to be in the room alone with a woman anymore because of that movement. Yeah. Which, again, is fine. But, you know, like how many of the, you know, feminists are always saying, like, oh, we're not getting job opportunities, blah, blah, blah. But how much of that did... Right did we really do to ourselves by taking the whole me too movement too far? Right. How much did we bring on? Yeah. Well, and then you go to that because of how extreme it got. We were, we were talking about that before too, with politics, if your political figure is charged with these things, it's very politicized. Now we're only half the part, half of the nation's going to believe them. And the other half is going to be like, well, this is hearsay and just crap. And it could be very legitimate, but now it's political. And so it doesn't matter which way it goes. It doesn't matter if he's deemed to not be a a harassing individual. And it doesn't matter if he is because half the nation isn't going to agree. Yeah, I think we saw that a lot with the Brett Kavanaugh debacle, um, which, you know, I I don't like Brett Kavanaugh. Um, I, I, I don't like a majority conservative Supreme Court. Um, but what really got me with that whole thing wasn't even so much the, um, the case itself. It was his reaction to it yeah. and how like 
he acted like a freaking child in my opinion yeah and like you know my dad was like well i mean she's trying to destroy his life it makes sense that he's hyper emotional about it and i was like yeah but not really like he could still control his emotions like there's going to be supreme court cases that he feels emotional about too and like if he's going to be a supreme court justice we need to know that he's going to keep a level head and he just didn't prove that in my opinion during that whole theme you know he was constantly lying and acting like a child right well and, and we can go on that with all of them because it was kavanaugh it was trump it was biden it was cuomo and i don't think any of them handled it the way that they should have i agree like you you see uh, the recent one with cuomo where he basically initially was like well yeah i mean i guess whatever it is what it is it didn't happen it's fine and just kind of brushed it off and then all was like well i'm gonna resign yeah okay well you're trying to say that you're innocent but then you resign what are, like you're sending mixed signals and then trump who was like blaming it all on the woman and then biden who again blaming it all on the woman yeah so it's just the way that they handle it i get if it's embarrassing to admit that you're wrong or you did something inappropriate or whatever but we need to have more accountability. Yeah. I, I mean, accountability is something that you and I have been talking about for a long time. And that's where I get frustrated with um, people nowadays is like a lot of, you know, they always say that our generation is angry for no reason. And it's like, no, we have a reason. But the, the problem is like being angry about a situation now is it again goes back to the whole onion and layers scene where like i'm angry about this because it's been allowed to happen because of this which then we need to fix this which means we need to fix this which means we need to fix this right because i got that a lot with the uh the residential schools and i was like no the the catholic church needs to be held accountable because we're asking that they're held accountable all of a sudden well we're just angry we hate you know christians right which is not the case Um, but you know, we have seen a severe lack of accountability within the Catholic church for other things anyway, and within our political parties. And so that's what we want is the accountability and, you know, these people to be held accountable for the atrocities they've committed. Yes. And then notice how it's always funny. As soon as they do start getting held accountable for their actions and what's happened, you no longer hear about it. Mm Mm-hmm. As soon as everybody actually looked at the Catholic Church and what was happening and started bringing awareness to it, they stopped reporting on it altogether. It just yeah. did. And the same with everybody else. Like, as soon as the election was over, both Biden and Trump's accusations, like, what is even going on with them? Yeah. There's nothing. Like, <laughs> radio silence. And then Cuomo's, as soon as he resigned, the same thing. Just gone and Kavanaugh's guy you haven't heard about that one in in ages what even happened with that well obviously nothing since he got on the freaking uh, supreme court right well and and do we know that it really was nothing or was there like a whole investigation and we just don't know about it you know like it just disappeared yeah there was a lot of talk in the beginning that like a lot of the people they were reaching out to like refused to um give comment or or give their side of the story and of course you know everything was discounted that she said because, oh, well, she'd been drinking, which is such a freaking cop-out excuse, and I'm so tired of hearing that. 
Right. Um, because, you know, yeah, if a woman's been drinking, then, you know, her, you know, well, anybody, if anybody's been drinking, their, you know, um, judgment's going to be skewed anyway. But that that's not an excuse to violate someone. Right. Well, and that's one of the conversations that we had often in the military when we would have our, our, um, what are they called? Our liberty discussions beforehand is if somebody's drunk, just don't. Even if they gave you permission, just don't. If you're drunk, if they're drunk, just walk away because that's when issues happen. Yeah. Well, even in the military, though, we still see, you know, um, women and it being shoved under the rug. Well, and even then, outside of the disappearances, sexual harassment in the military is it's rampant because it doesn't protect us at all as women. They hear about it. And again, this, this brings up the insecurities of people to hear boundaries and know what's in place and admit that they've done wrong. As soon as something happens, everybody just works to kind of hide it and not have to deal with it. Um, Mm -hmm. As an example, there was a video going around my unit of a female that was trained by three people and one guy was going around telling everybody that it was me and so my exo pulled me in he's like I don't care what you do I don't care about this blah 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 but this isn't okay and we're just gonna kind of we're gonna forget that it happened because you can be NJP'd and all this other things and I was like let me see the video (laughs) right the video like okay you've met me I have straight hair I have straight blonde hair well now it's dark brown but at the time in the military it was blonde the girl in the video had tight spiral curl red hair oh wow and i looked at my xo and i was like so first you're gonna tell me that if this had happened to me it would be my fault when clearly the woman in the video is drunk and there's three other men and one female Mm -hmm. and then second of all you're gonna tell me that looking at me right here sitting in front of you that this is me and it's okay for me to receive the harassment I have to get over it or I get NJP'd? Like, come on. Yeah. So, and that followed me to my next duty station and I almost got in a fight with one of the guys because they brought it up and I was like, you don't even know what you're talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. But go ahead. Keep running your mouth. (laughs) Yeah. So if it happens with a female, that's just automatically, automatically deemed their fault and they have to sweep it under the rug. Um, and then on, even with promotions, if you get promoted too quickly in the, in the military as a female, it's always whose desk have you been underneath? Not that we, Mm -hmm. so, and unfortunately there are a lot of females that only get promoted by becoming friends with people. They don't even necessarily have to do any sexual act, but by befriending the right people. So it's yeah. just, it, it is, the military is a very toxic situation for a woman. Now, I loved it. I loved being in regardless of all the crap that happened. But I do yeah. recognize. Yeah, and it's not just the military, like corporate America, too. It's the same thing. Yeah. If a woman excels, then it's like, oh, well, who is she getting on her knees for? And, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's a, a entire social problem of like, it can is. we stop thinking that women only get somewhere because we spread our legs or open our mouths? Like right. we are people, we have ideas, we have brains, we use them. They're like, highly we, intelligent. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, 
um, have been done that prove that women's brains perform more efficiently than a man's. Mm-hmm. But we can only get ahead by getting under a desk. Yeah. And even then, we don't get, you know, um, the same pay. And I think a lot of that, which is where a lot of people don't agree with me, I think a lot of the same equal pay thing could be resolved if women were more assertive with their careers. I feel like women get a job offer with a with a amount and they're just like, well, this isn't the same as him, but I guess it's what I what I get. Whereas if that same woman goes, hey, guess what? I'm not actually OK with this. Let's renegotiate my contract. Mm-hmm. Because that would solve a lot. And I feel like men are more willing to do that. Oh, a hundred percent. And this is also why I think that men get more, um, you know, high corporate roles and stuff than women too, because men and women do approach jobs and, um, applications differently because Mm -hmm. a man will apply for the job he wants, regardless of if he is qualified for it. Whereas women will overanalyze and go, Oh, well, I really don't think I'm qualified for it. So I'm not going to apply. And right. that's where I really get impatient with feminists who are like, oh, well, we need more women in corporate roles. I'm like, yeah, we do. But we need women to take the responsibility to apply for those jobs and, you know, be assertive enough to get it. Exactly. And then we need men to not be put off by an assertive woman who is asking for that role. Exactly. And we need women not to get territorial when they're confronted by a woman who does that for a job. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another, you know, big problem with um, feminists in general is like, you know, I, I, they yell at me all the time because they're like, oh, well, because of your views, you're not supporting women. I'm like, no, I am supporting women. I'm not enabling women, which is what a lot of quote unquote feminists now are doing is really just enabling the behavior in a, you know, show of camaraderie rather than actually pushing them to be better. Right. Well, and are we, because again, we only do that with like our friends. Yeah. And that's, you know, that again, something that needs to change is like women supporting women is amazing. And if we actually supported each other so much further, but because women are so set on being two-faced and having an alternative agenda and everything else, it doesn't happen. Right. And it's always what they believe and what they want. And if you don't align with that, then you're an awful individual. Yeah. Well, no, not necessarily. You you just don't know me. Yeah. And, and the, where... the, the thought that, you know, women should support women just because they're women. Like I had a real problem with this when uh, when Hillary was running because everyone was like, oh, well, you're a woman. You're going to vote for her. And I was like, mm, I won't no. vote for her because she's a woman. Like, I don't like her. Right. I liked her husband. I'd be comfortable with the fact knowing that he would be in the White House with her and could advise her. But I'm not going to vote for her just because she's a woman. Right. Well, and that goes along with a lot of people say that Hillary's the one that was advising Bill Clinton when he was president. So it's like, who would, you know, I didn't vote for her because of what she did as um, Secretary of State. I didn't like her because of it. She's just so extreme. Yeah. And I just, I, I don't know. Benghazi was a solid no for me. I was like, I'm sorry. I, it would be great to have a female president, but not this female. Yeah. So, it, but again, you're, like you said, you're viewed as an anti-feminist if you approach it that way. Mm-hmm. 
So, and I had a lot of people in my family that said the same thing. Well, you're a woman and she's a woman, so you should vote for her. No, (laughs) she doesn't represent me. Exactly. So, and it's just, that's how, that's how society goes now. Um, And I told you about this before, but I had an experience this week with that, where because I wasn't 100% aligned with the way that somebody was approaching something. I was then an uneducated bigot. Yeah. And it just was like, okay, well, you know what? That's your right to no longer communicate with me and call me that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to also in turn call you something. I just wanted to point out that your use of words is very inaccurate. Um, And it was the word necessary and social media and how everybody just thinks that it's necessary to get on social media and argue your point to somebody who doesn't agree with you. Yeah. And and we've talked before where social media is not the platform to have a conversation. It's not, but you're not going to, like we talked about before, if you're in a cage, if you're a wolf in a cage being attacked, attacking that cage, isn't going to set you free. No. And, you know, you and I talked about it too, where it's like, I, I don't think their, their use of the phrase necessary was correct either, but I do understand, like, if you really believe in social issues that are going on right now, it's really hard to keep quiet because if you're keeping quiet, you're really contributing to the problem. Now, right. that being said, how you communicate is very important. Yes. And that's because where you can't just scream about it. Right. I think if you open up the dialogue, absolutely, there's a conversation that can be had. Yeah. But so I get the whole thing of like, I feel like I have to comment because like, this is so wrong. But at the same time, you know, comment in a constructive way. Don't comment in a way that's going to start a war. Right. Like, leave a comment that says, so as this person, this is what I experience daily. And I, I find that some of your comments just are offensive can we have a discussion can we talk about this and understand where each other's coming from yeah instead of just i have to call you out for everything that you say and do because i have to yeah well you you don't have to you don't have to be mean about it well and that's why i laugh when like i'll share a post that like speaks to me and then like you know like i have people on facebook with severely different views as well and i i I follow them by choice because I want to see kind of how their brain is processing. And I'll see a lot of times, well, they're, they will reshare the same thing I shared. And I'm like, Oh, well, that's interesting because I know how that spoke to me, but like, how does that speak to you? And yeah. so I'll usually DM them and be like, Hey, I just wanted to ask, like, I know this is kind of weird, but you know, I, you and I have very different political views and like you shared the same post I did. So like, in what way is it speaking to you? Cause I know how it spoke to me and you know, and then there's a dialogue that happens, but you've done that with me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause you're like, I post that, but I didn't think you'd agree with it. Yeah. But yeah. But maybe, maybe not for, you know, the reasons you think I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just, it's weird. The amount of things that people I think could agree on, especially with feminism, they just have to get out of their own heads. They have to get out of their own pride. They have to get out of this idea that this entitlement idea oh yeah and that's like everybody likes to say it's generational but us women we also have that well I'm entitled to all of this Mm -hmm. no nobody's entitled to any of it 
until you set a boundary. And as soon as I set that boundary, I am entitled to respect of that boundary. Yeah. Well, then again, like on the the equal pay thing, um, you know, like I've argued the point before that, you know, women get less pay because we get more benefits for things like maternity leave. Right. And, you know, things like that, which we are seeing a shift in that where, you know, now men are offered paternal leave and things like that. Um, but, and and that's kind of where the women's soccer team got in trouble because they're, you know, still shouting that they're not getting equal pay, but they were offered the exact same compensation package as the male soccer team. Right. Which with that, of course, they lost some of the other benefits. And so they said no, and they countered with, we want this pay, but we want to keep these benefits. Right. So like they were literally offered the exact same package and said no. So like now touting like, oh, well, we're not getting paid the same as men. Like you had the opportunity to, you turned it down because you wanted more. Right. And that's where the superiority comes in or, or, you know, it's just, and that happens all over. Benefits cost money also to your employer to offer them. It costs them money. Mm -hmm. It's just, it is what it is, unfortunately. Um, and then women are more likely to go to the doctors for, for regular checkups. And then we also have our pap smears and, and men, they like to play the, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm cool. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Monday I had to force my significant other to go to the doctor because he wouldn't have gone on his own. Yeah. And I was mad at him for making me have to be the one to say, go to the doctor because I don't like doctors. Like I'm going to go to a chiropractor and I do believe in chiropractors. So, um, but it was one of those, like he was putting me into that, like gender role, like theme. And I was like, I don't like this. Right. Why are you making me nag you? Yes. (laughs) Why are you making me be the woman in this relationship? Stop it. But again, (laughs) like even that phrase is toxic in and of itself. It is. And, and I, that's where my, my views come to. Like I enjoy the idea of a woman role in a marriage. Um, and so it it was really hard for me to find a partner because every time I would find a partner, I would be more masculine than they were. Yep. And then it's just like, okay, I'm no longer interested. Just, I'm sorry. If I can wrestle a full grown man and win, it's just no longer something that I want. Like I want to feel protected. Yeah. Which is very feminine but like I wanted that opportunity I wanted a relationship where I could actually be a woman I didn't want to be the man yeah I I I don't know like I had no problem being the man in the relationship but again like even saying that and using those terms is detrimental to equality I think because it reinforces stereotypical and outdated gender roles I think it can yeah, but again, it also comes down to, like, who you are, you know? True. And people need to respect that, especially as feminists. Some people just, they don't want the same thing. Yeah. Now, if if me and, and my husband had the same job, would I expect the same pay? If I'm working the exact same amount as him and doing the exact same work as he is, then hell yes, I want the same pay. Yeah. I mean, 100%. I want the same pay. If I'm given benefits that are better than his, I mean, sure, I'll take a small pay cut on that, but I get VA healthcare. So like, I don't really have to worry about that. Give me the same freaking pay. (laughs) Exactly. 
<laughs> but it it at home, I don't know, it's just it's weird. And again, we also as fem as women need to embrace some of the femininity because women can do not like emotionally because i know emotionally neither one of us is very oh look at me look at me yeah but in roles women can do things men can't do and men can do things that women can't do and i think we need to brace those uniqueness is as well as you know always try to do your best anyway because women have lower body strength typically more often than men and men have upper body strength more often than women. Yeah. And I think that can really come in handy. If you're looking to lift something really heavy, then the man can do it. But if you're looking to maybe put something down on a low shelf, that's really heavy, then the woman can do it. Mm -hmm. And it just, then you become a team. Yeah. And women have a different center of gravity. So like women can um, like bend over further and stand back up with ease. Whereas men will actually just fall forward. Right. Which is just hilarious to me. (laughs) Especially when you do those weird experiments that they have. Yeah. But with the differences in our body structure and well, and like what women can do and what men can't do, there's, there's that other issue of, in New Zealand just named their sports woman of the year. And it was Laurel Hubbard who's transgender. And there's controversy around that because again, the male body can lift with their upper body more than a woman's body can. That's true. But I would, I would really like to see studies because, you know, they undergo, they, they go through hormone uh, therapy and things like that too. I'd like to actually see some studies on that of like how the hormones actually change them. And if it is in fact a actual um, natural one up, or if it really isn't because of the hormonal changes they go through. Right. And the transgender movement is so new that there's still studies going on about it. Yeah. Well, and even in that community, it's so split because, you know, like everyone's like, oh, well, the female athletes are are bad about it, blah, 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 blah. And I've seen numerous female athletes on different social media platforms that are like, you don't know if we're angry or not. You've never cared about female athletes. You only care now and are putting words in our mouth because of um, transphobia. Right. Well, and it happened with with uh, Caitlyn Jenner, too, when she got woman of the year. Yeah. And then people were up in arms about that, but it was from both sides because Caitlyn Jenner has also been called anti-trans. Mm-hmm. So it's just, and, and here's the thing, if we're getting down to equality, equal treatment of women to men, then it doesn't matter if you're transgender in these sports or not, because we want equality. Exactly. If you want equality, you have to be able to want to compete at the same level as a man, because that's what you're asking for. Mm -hmm. And again, different parts of your body do different things. So a man could be able to use his upper body to do the weightlifting thing easier, but a woman can use her lower body. Yeah. So train differently. Mm -hmm. And it just, it's one of those things like equality is equality. We saw it a lot with the military where, where women were like, well, we want to go frontline and we want to do this and we want to do that. And, and, you know, the seals and the Rangers, and we want to go in all these different things. And then they put them in and they couldn't pass the test. And then they were like, well, this isn't equal. We need different, our bodies work different. So we need different tests. Yeah. 
then it's no longer equal. Exactly. And their tests are in place for a reason. So if you want equal treatment, then get equal treatment. But as soon as you can't meet the equal requirements, don't claim that it's no longer equal. Yeah, and I've heard that same argument um, from a, a, a man that I know that was in the military as well. Of like, you know, he thought it was ridiculous as well that they were demanding equal treatment and then the test got changed and yeah. all that other stuff. And I agree. Like, I 100% agree. But again, that's why we're called anti-feminist by like hardcore feminists. Right. And a lot of the times it happens more with people that weren't like women that weren't in the military that do that. Like there's a lot that goes into it as a woman. If I was on the front line, I would have to be able to carry some, a man who's taller than me, probably weighs more than me, plus his gear to get him out of there. And if I can't do that, then I'm a liability. Yeah. And so why should another soldier have to die just because you took a different test and you couldn't actually do what you needed to do? Right. And like, you know, that's kind of an extreme example, but it's the truth. Right. It's extreme, but it's a reality. Yeah. No, that was one of the, one of the big things as soon as it came with the military is that women were fighting that, well, we just can't pass these tests. They're not actually equal. They are. Equality isn't always pretty. No. And it's just the way that the cookie crumbles. It doesn't always crumble the same way, but it still crumbles on both sides the same. Mm Mm-hmm. So it just, that's where we need to come together better as, as women and actually decide what we want. Do we want equal treatment or do we want lateral treatment? Yeah. And I mean, I'm okay with both as long as we get over this idea that we need to be treated better. Yeah. And you see that in almost every movement nowadays for equality, which I don't think enough people realize is really hampering the progress. Yeah. Because again, like I said, the Me Too movement, like it, you know, it could have, it might've cost a lot of women higher role jobs because again, like men were terrified to be in the room with them. Then again, I would argue like if you're terrified to be alone in a woman, like what did you think you were going to do? that made you terrified. But at the same time, because so many accusations were coming out and, you know, we, we've seen instances where women have admitted later they were lying. I don't fully blame them for, for being scared. Right. Yeah. Cause women have come out after they haven't gotten a job and they claimed that harassment was going on and they didn't get the job because they weren't willing to do something. And then later on they find out that, Oh, well guess what? There's actually video surveillance in that office. So we'll just go and review that. And then, oh, well, we're lying. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not okay. No. It's not okay to be petty. And if somebody is honest to God, more qualified than you in a job, whether it's a man or a woman or whatever, you need to accept the loss. Yeah. And that's where a lot of the the movements are losing too. Because I worked with a guy in the warehouse industry who hated diversity and inclusion for the sake of diversity and inclusion. And while I didn't necessarily agree with him, because I think now that we're seeing broader movements of diversity and inclusion, I think it's going to be better for everybody. Um, but I did get his point that like, I, as a woman would not want to get a job 
over a man knowing I only got it because I was a woman. Right. I want to know I got the job because I was the better pick. Right. Because I deserved it. Yes. Not because I happen to have tits. Right. And that's like one of my things with, with the entire interview process. So you fill out your resume and it has your name and typically you can tell if that name is female or male. There are some names that go both ways, but like Allison and Rose, you're going to know those are women. Yeah. And so you've got that. And then when you fill out the application online, it asks you, are you female, male, white, non-Hispanic? Like, what are you? And so they already know your demographics. And I feel like there needs to be a way for the interview process to happen where it doesn't ask you any of that. It's just a very generic, here are my qualifications. I agree. And now we have seen a change in that too, where a lot of times they will have the option of, I don't want to disclose or I'd rather not answer. But you still have to put your name. Yeah. And that's where I think it really needs to change. And I think someone had made this comment about um, when you're submitting articles or arguments for I think it was college applications of like let's get rid of the first name and just Mm -hmm. do a letter right because you even see it you know I mean obviously like our our main topic is women right now but like you see it all the time too where if you know a guy like David Smith puts in an uh an article and then you know Dijon Smith puts in an offer like your brain automatically says what ethnicity they are right you know, which may or may not be true, let's be honest, but your brain makes that correlation. And that's where, you know, you're still seeing potential for bias. Yes. Yeah. You see it on everything. So like, like you said, first initial last name. And I feel like people can do that already. Just automatically start, but then also get a very generic email. Mm -hmm. Not like, uh, fruity tootie i love booty at gmail.com yeah like get a very generic first initial last name at whatever.com yeah that's what i have and i have to laugh because i get emails all the time that are like hi robert blah blah blah. and i'm like (laughs) okay i'm not robert (laughs) (laughs) well like my my um my first one for our job was a brinkerhoff realtor because again it's like am I, what am I? It's just a Brinker off, very generic. There it is. And then I, now I get emails that are like, hello, a Brinker off. Well, that's not my name, but cool. Yeah. We'll go with it. So it's yeah. a good, very generic email. Yeah. And I mean, we see, you know, there's, there's some sexism in our industry too, where, you know, there are some people that would rather deal with a man because they feel that men are better suited for what we do, which I mean, I just find it funny. So I don't care. Right. Um, but one of my teammates was trying to tell me about a client that had basically said that. And, you know, he prefaced it with, I don't want you to take this the wrong way or get angry. And I didn't cause it's me. Right. But again, like he had to say that because even knowing that it was me, like, you know, if he was going to have this conversation with somebody else, like he had to have that already in his brain. Right. It already had to be a thought that it was processed. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, I, that's the thing. Like I just, it's so it's it's everybody has it on their mind mm-hmm. because you do have to be cautious nowadays because of how the movement has gone. You have to be cautious how you talk to people, how you walk up to people. If you check people out, you have to be careful how you tip somebody, who you hire, how you interview with them, the job requirements for a dress code. 
like there's so many things that nowadays you have to be aware of that it is front front and center on everybody's brain well in dress codes in general we already know are fairly sexist although um i did i did get very happy so uh ukrainian airlines company that i don't remember which one it was they just changed their uniform for men and women to where they can now wear, you know, well, the women especially, but they can wear flats and they can wear looser fitting slacks and a blazer. Good. You know, but uh, you see, like, oh, you go to a lot of airlines and the women are in like the tight pencil skirt and the high heels, which right. is one of the reasons that I was like, I will never be a stewardess because I'm not wearing that. Yeah. Those are ridiculously hard to move in. <laughs> yeah. And that was why when, um, when the Netherlands team got fined because yep. they wouldn't wear the booty shorts for, you know, volleyball. Right. I was like, I'm good for them. Like men don't have to wear a sports bra and thongs, basically. Mm-hmm. Men don't have to wear those. So why do women? Yeah. I think it should be like, if you're comfortable in that, cool. But if you're not, you should be able to wear shorts. Right. It doesn't limit their ability if they're wearing longer shorts and an actual t-shirt. If a man can do it in that clothing, then a woman can do it in that clothing. Exactly. And someone had brought up that argument with me when the, uh, the uh, I think it was the German women's team on opening day, the gymnastics team, they had worn like the full pantsuit right. in solidarity. And I was like, that's awesome. And someone made the argument to me, well, yeah, but a lot of the stuff they, they do, they need, you know, skin to skin contact. And I was like, really? Because the men are doing the same jumps and stuff and they're in pants. Yeah. So they're- you cannot tell me that like maybe from a you know aerodynamic perspective or like some science-based perspective there is a reason that they wear that but I mean let's stop over sexualizing women in sports right well and I used to teach gymnastics and it's the only skin to skin contact that you really have to have is your hands and your feet where you land and what you hold yeah I mean gymnastics can be done in a dress that's not safe but in jogger pants, that's what we, as instructors, we wore those a lot. Mm-hmm. Jogger pants are not going to get in your way. Now, baggy sweatpants might, depending on how baggy they are, but that's not, that's going to limit how much flexibility you have. Yeah. Joggers don't, joggers are, they're pretty conforming as it is while still being loose and they're totally acceptable. If a man can do it, then so can a woman. Yeah. And that's kind of where, like, I, I have an issue with women that wear um, leggings as pants, like, all the time. It, it bothers me. And I think that's just a personal thing because I like loose-fitting clothing. And I feel like, you know, I, I feel like to a certain extent, if you're wearing tight-fitting clothing, you are trying to get noticed. Um, and that's something that I struggle with. And, like, I have to stop myself from judging other women. But I do. Like, in a professional setting, if a woman comes in in leggings, like, I deem her less professional. Right. And so, you know, that whole movement has irritated me. And while I agree that a woman in leggings, you know, should not be catcalled or sexually harassed, that's one of those things that I'm like, eh, I mean, kudos to you to being comfortable, but you, like, you can't get mad at someone for commenting on how great your ass looks if you're wearing the, the TikTok leggings that are designed exactly to accentuate that. Right. That's why you're wearing them. Exactly. So again, like social responsibility. Right. Well, and, and it does come down, like I wear leggings all the time, but not all the time. I shouldn't say that. I wear them in the, in the winter when it gets colder. But again, that's, that is a comfort thing. I don't ever wear that like in a, in a professional setting because leggings are not professional. Yeah. If the dress code is yeah. business casual, then yeah, because it's casual. 
but in our line of work, no, absolutely not. It's yeah. Just, um, but people are dressing them up and making them look more professional nowadays. Uh, and they've come a long way with them. But again, yeah, you look at the ones on TikTok; those are not professional at all. Those are those are ass leisure, and ass leisure. Yeah, and and you know, for me, this is double edged sword because you know I have a very gothic style. I like all black. I like corsets. I like chains. I like all kinds of fun stuff, which I find fun, you know. But I get a lot of judgment as well of people who are like, "Oh, you're a real estate professional, like really." And, you know, I make the argument all the time, like my choice to wear trip jeans does not have anything to do with how I write a contract, which then I have to backpedal and remind myself that a woman's choice to wear leggings doesn't mean she can't negotiate a contract either. Right. Um, But it still bothers me from a like, stop playing into the stereotype kind of, you know, people do see women like that and think the same thing. Yeah. In a professional setting, that's just not what they're expecting. Yeah. So, and, and it's, I guess, expectations again. Yeah. And I think our whole idea of what professionalism is needs to change. Um, and I think it is changing, which is nice. Um, but this is also where, you know, a lot of, I, I saw a creator one time that had done a video that really rang true. And I did a, I think I did a video on it later um, that, you know, being a feminist does not, disqualify you or exempt you from being a racist. And that's part of the problem with the feminist movement we're seeing too, is that a lot of feminists, you know, if, if you're a woman and a woman, then it's, you know, Oh, I support you. But then if a woman of color speaks up against, you know, her hair being deemed unprofessional, well, suddenly the feminist woman that was on her side is no longer on her side. Right. And that needs to change. Like I am, you know, I'm very happy that the professional, um, stance is changing to where women can have, especially women of color can have their natural hair and not be deemed unprofessional. But I mean, how many times have, well, cause what are they supposed to do about that? You know, jobs because of their hair. Right. But what are they supposed to do about that? You tell them that their national, their natural hair is unprofessional, but then you tell them braids and dreadlocks are also unprofessional. What do you expect them to do? Shave it off yeah. and get a wig? Or a weave. And I know some women do that and they're very pretty, but like they shouldn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. Our professional standard right now is very cis white male oriented and that needs to change. That is one aspect that I will agree with the, yeah, no. Cause even as a, as a female, like they're expected as a white female, they're, they're expecting you to either have your hair nicely done in curls, completely straight and out of your face or up in a bun or a braid. Like you can't, that that's it. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, what about those of us who want our hair short? Well, then we're deemed butch and that's not necessarily fair. That's not, that, that shouldn't be a gender hairstyle. Yeah. Um, or you get the ones that, so for me, my hair is really super thin and there's a lot of it. So it tangles all the time. So I can have my hair up in a bun and then not be able to comb it for three days after because it, it just is what it is. I can put detangler in it as much conditioner as I want. And then my bun for the next three days look like crap and it's deemed unprofessional, but it's like, I, what, what do you want me to do? Yeah. And men did face this for a long time too. Men that preferred to have long hair. 
yeah. they also face right well, they still do if a man has long hair and puts it up in a bun for for work then they're on the other side they're feminine and it's just not the same and i've seen very masculine men with that they just want to keep it up and out of the way yeah well yeah the whole man bun thing turned into like a whole meme movement thing too and yeah you know while yeah it does look ridiculous on some people and some people it's really really good and you know that's their personal choice like this whole this whole viewpoint that professionalism needs to be every single aspect of your day is i think really where we need to see the change yeah and we saw that a little bit with tattoos where you know tattoos used to be a thing that you had to cover up and and more and more um companies are being lax on that and letting you just kind of show your tattoos but at the same time public service jobs or like teach so teacher jobs cop jobs military jobs things like that they're still having to cover up their tattoos um and then even some call centers that do customer service some of them you have to cover up your tattoos and you're never seen by the other individuals on the other side of the phone yeah and hair color like, heaven forbid you work in a call center where no one sees you and your, your hair is bright pink. Right. Nobody sees you. Yeah. And I again, it goes back to, like, the color of my hair, because right now mine is blue, doesn't determine how well I can negotiate a contract. Right. It doesn't at all. And but like, again, this is where, like, we, we need people to have conversations and stop prejudging people. Or, I mean, you're going to prejudge people. I mean, it, it's going to happen. But yeah. don't let that stop you from getting to know the person and, you know, finding out like, oh, I actually really get along with you, even though you don't look like someone I would get along with. Right. Like, what does looks even mean? You like, know, just have a conversation, man. <laughs> this is so your tagline. I, I had to get it in there. But like you and I, people wouldn't look at you and I and be like, oh, yeah, OK, they're friends. Cool. Oh, Yeah. In high school, my best friend, um, so I was, you know, a rocker in high school too. And like I said, trip pants, weird hair colors. Like I was all about it. Spikes every day, like crazy black makeup. Cause again, that's what I'm comfortable in. And my best friend was this stick thin, blonde haired, blue eyed cowgirl. Yeah. And we got along great. And every time we went out in public, like people would just look at us like, how are they such good friends? But I mean, we were practically sisters. I mean, we still get along today. Right. But yeah, a lot of people, you know, like we would, we would obviously like take it to the extreme if we were going somewhere new because like we knew that's what people did and like we found it entertaining. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like literally to the, like nowadays, I don't even notice when people are staring at me, like my flatmate will notice or my significant other will notice or even my boss will notice. And I'm like, I literally don't notice because I've grown up with it my entire life. I've always been the outcast. Right. And I have no problem being the outcast. I like pushing the boundaries. I like getting the conversation going for everyone else who might want to dress the way I do, who might want to have fun hair color and feels like they can't because of their job. The more of us that push the boundary and help reset these expectations, the better. Right. And on the flip side of that, I get flack because, again, I'm, I'm in no way actually super feminine. So, like, I'll go to freaking Walmart and my jammies and a hoodie with my hair looking a mess and no makeup on. And people are like, are you okay? <laughs> like apparently only somebody who's super depressed and just gave up on themselves is supposed to go out in society looking like that. And I'm just like, I'm good. Like I'm a completely confident person. I'm not walking out here looking like trash because I'm insecure. Like I just don't care what you think. 
Well, and that was why I had to laugh. So when I first uh, joined our team, I think when you first joined our team as well, like the only clothing that we really had was like bright pastel blue or, you know, a darker blue. Thank you. So and, you know, but I love our team. So I wanted to rep it. So I took a selfie of myself wearing the, you know, paisley blue tank top. And I had about five people on Facebook that like DM me and were like, are you okay? You're in color. <laughs> You're in color. <laughs> Which I found hilarious and sweet. And then, you know, now obviously our, our product line has expanded and we have multiple color options, thankfully. Um, so I can rep a lot more of our gear and actually be comfortable in it because I, I, I truly am not comfortable in color. Right. So, and on the flip side, I'm really not comfortable in very many colors either. So like, thank you for that. Yes. <laughs> I was very happy about that. I'm... I used to get so much crap again for that because a lot of my wardrobe is black and gray. But yeah. black and gray is, is extremely flattering. And like, you know, even though somebody's secure, you can still put a color on and be like, oh, yeah, nope, that's not my color. Mm -hmm. Red. Well, and that's where like the whole gender identity of colors is so wrong, too, because like I've seen guys wear pink shirts and they look freaking amazing. Right. I will never let the color pink touch my skin. Right. Well, or be in my house, really. But, like, if you're a dude with the right skin tone to rock a salmon or a pink shirt, right. do it, bro. See, and then you get women who wear pink, too, and it just completely washes them out. And it's like, okay, well, probably not your color. But if it's your favorite color, then freaking wear it, man. Just do your thing. Yeah, exactly. And that's just it. Like, just let people be who they are. Seriously, man. I like basketball shorts and heavy t-shirts, but realistically, if I could wear sweaters all year long, I would. Mm-hmm. Sweaters and hoodies. I mean, I like to layer. I, I said this in a previous um, conversation because, like, I don't know where this comes from, but in the back of my brain, I think it's because of all the 90s movies that we grew up with. In the back of my brain, when I'm getting dressed in the morning, my thought is, if I see someone get shot and I need to make a tourniquet with my shirt, am I going to be half naked? Yeah. So I always wear two shirts. That makes sense to me. But thank you. I, I get really weird looks when I say that. But I always, always, always wear two shirts. Even in, you know, 120 degree Arizona summer, I am wearing two shirts. I think they might both be tank tops, but I have two shirts. I think you get weird looks with that because a lot of people are like, you would apply a tourniquet more so than what you actually said. Because most people nowadays don't know how to apply a tourniquet. One of my bosses just thought it was really funny that like someone go getting shot was where my brain goes to. It happens. I heard it does. And you know, like room, two gunshots yesterday. Like, I don't know if those went in a person or in a wall. Yeah. It's, you know, it, and it doesn't have to be that extreme. But again, like that is where my brain goes. Of, like if I have to rip my shirt off real fast, you know, right. I am not comfortable with my stomach showing. Right. Am I going to be vulnerable? Yeah, exactly. See, and I, because of my fibromyalgia, I can't wear bras at all. So I have to be aware of that for a whole different, for a whole different reason, because I am not comfortable with, um, and, and I should be, because this is another thing of the women's movement, but walking around with boobs that are not holstered can still be very uncomfortable, but at the same time, it's less uncomfortable than wearing a bra that will leave bruises all the way across my back. Yeah. See, so I, I have the benefit of I was blessed with very little up front. All my assets are behind me. <laughs> um, but for that reason, like, I don't really need one either. 
So I don't wear one because I find them uncomfortable, um, which I think is also where part of the double layering theme comes in because I don't really want the entire room to know if I'm cold either. Right. But again, a man can be cold and his nips poke out and it's nothing. And if a woman's are, then all of a sudden, you know, she's oh. over-sexualized. Like, I'm sorry, your reaction to my nipples is not my responsibility. Right. Well, and they do the same, but their men are just like... They, they see that and they're like, oh, so you're happy to see me, huh? Yeah, exactly. But on the flip side, if we walk around and see a man hard, it's kind of the same reaction. <laughs> True. <laughs> no. Well, and that's why it's really funny. Like, you know, women always talk about like, oh, well, men can walk around with their shirts off, but women can't do it. Like 26 states have it totally legal where a woman can walk around topless. Yeah. But for the most part, we choose not to, again, because then if you're sexually harassed, well, you were asking for it. Right. Right. But there's a lot of emphasis on boobs also. And I think that that, that as a society, we need to kind of look at those differently. Um, You see it a lot with uh, breast cancer patients and, and the psychology behind boobs is you have them if you're a woman. And then if you have to have a, 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 mastectomy then it's like okay well my womanhood's gone and I think as a society we need to come together and have a different way of approaching what makes you a woman and what doesn't so that we're not in in installing these like ideas of you can only be a woman with boobs and I think that will make that a little bit easier for people also I agree I think that conversation's hard because um boobs on a woman is actually a um evolutionary thing um because well, basically like hormonal. yeah well it's I'm trying to remember how to explain this so like in most of the animal kingdom um the emphasis is put on you know the butt mm-hmm. but in humans because we procreate differently that doesn't necessarily work so like the whole point of boobs is basically a butt in the front which is why cleavage looks the way it does um, now, obviously, this has been explained better to me than I just explained it. And uh, if if you want more information on that, I'd absolutely like look up the actual science behind it because uh, I'm I know I'm falling flat on that. Um, but again, like it, going back to the interview scene, you know, if you show up to an interview as a woman and you're wearing a low cut shirt, right? You know, versus me who like is completely covered. It, well, again, like what you wear honest. does matter in that sense, even though it shouldn't. And let's be honest, women clothes are not made for people who have very large breasts so they can have a high cut shirt. But because their breasts are so large, eventually cleavage is going to show anyway. Yeah. A modest shirt on you could be a completely immodest shirt on me. Yeah. Because that's well, women's clothes in general, just like, why can't we have pockets? Please, please just give us pockets. People always say, why do girls always have to point out if there's pockets in dresses? Because we don't get pockets. No, it's very frustrating. Like, why are clothes so freaking genderfied? Yes. If, like, I have jeans where the front pockets are sewn shut. The only pockets I have are the back pockets. What even is that? Yeah. And that's why I like trips. It's because there's, like, ten different pockets. I can fit everything in my jeans. What movie was it? Okay, so we just watched Black Widow the other day. And one of my favorite parts of that movie was when um, Black Widow's sister was talking about her new vest and how it was the first piece of clothing that she got to pick out for herself. And she was like, I like it because it's got all these pockets and I can put things in it. And it was 
the most wholesome part of the movie that was so relatable because I feel like most women would see that vest with all the pockets and be like, I want that vest. It has pockets. Yes. I know exactly what clip you're talking about because I yes. used it in the trailer. Yes. And, then- and the, the, the Simpsons did an episode where like Bart accidentally joins like this feminist group and he's talking to uh, Lisa to try to get in like more information of like, you know, the different fights that feminists have. And she brings up the fact that she's always in a dress that has no pockets and she just wants pockets. That's all we want. <laughs> Do you think we want to carry around purses? They're big and heavy and bulky. I mean, I don't carry a purse. And like, that was another, like, that's why I bought men's jeans up until like maybe 10 years ago, I started actually buying like women's jeans. But again, they were trips or they were ones that I knew were going to have pockets because yeah, you'd either get the, like the tiny half pocket on the back, which doesn't hold a wallet and I'm a wallet carrier. So that was important. Or you get the pocket in the front that like fits one chapstick as long as you don't like twist the wrong way. Yeah. And you have to like put it in their cap first, but then turn it so that the, the, cap is towards your crotch it, yeah. yeah yeah I have a wallet too because I just can't with a purse I just can't same but then you bring up pockets too even if you have pockets that are big enough like you can put your wallet in one and your phone in the other and what do you do with your keys so I this is a, a symptom of how I was brought up I have mine on a lanyard and I clip them to my belt loops I don't think that's a bad idea I've never I- I love my, how my dad carried his. So that's how I carry mine. And I love it. But then again, like with some women's jeans, the freaking belt loops on them are so huge. It's a struggle getting it on there. So, or the belt loops are non-existent. Yeah. So, and I have my, my keys have a coupon on it. And so speaking of that with, with women, we have coupons, we have pepper spray, we have bear mace, we have all these different things that we put on our keys and, and you put that in a pocket especially the mace and stuff you put that in a pocket and then sit down and then it's all over your leg and you're gonna get burn and irritation it's just not it's not an okay environment to be in because our pockets are so small and so tight and so conformed to our leg yeah I've never carried mace um I was given pepper spray once to me by a cop I was dating (laughs) which I found kind of sweet and hilarious um but it had an actual carrier for your belt yeah And then now I have a flashlight that doubles as a taser, um, but the safety on it is terrible. And so like, I feel like I'm going to tase myself before I even get it out of the pouch. That'll be fun. Yeah. So I don't really carry (laughs) it either, but like that, having said that I carry a knife in my car. Right. And you know, Arizona is an open carry state. And if I, you know, I don't carry it for my job, obviously, because it sends the wrong message. Um, In Nevada, we're actually encouraged to. That's cool. Because of, of, they did a statistic last year that of the amount of realtors that are actually kidnapped or something happens to them on the job was ridiculously high. So they encourage us to carry. Yeah. And I know some of our apps now have added like a, um, a safety theme too, where like you start the, the GPS when you get to the showing and then yeah. you can put in an emergency number and set a time frame. And if you haven't turned it off in that time frame, it actually calls your emergency contact. Yes. And, and then, you know, so that's really cool. Yeah, ours does that. Um, Free Century Lock does that. Nice. And it allows you to put as many emergency contacts as you want. And in if you, there's a response thing that you can put on there where every like minute or so you have to click a button that says you're okay. 
And if you don't click that, then they send a response out. This is the last location. This is what's going on. We'll try again here. Um, I've had so many calls from both my husband and my mom that are like, are you good? Oh yeah. I just completely forgot to hit this button. My bad. Yeah. And that's why I like that. This one is a, it's a longer time frame. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause then it's like the boy who called the boy who yelled wolf, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and that's why too, like I'll write down the address of like every house that I'm going to, or like if I have a whole itinerary for the day, I'll print the itinerary so that my flatmate or my, um, significant other has it mm-hmm. just in case because I'm not a big texter I don't really check in throughout the day a whole lot you know or anything like that and you know my significant other's not a big texter either um but at least they, I can give them an idea of what time I'll be home and then if I'm not home at that time then they're kind of like uh everything good where you at right and I use Marco Polo where I'll like video hey this is where I'm at this is the address I'm at this is who I'm seeing I'll yeah. message you when I'm done. And then as soon as I get back in the car again, a video, because they can make sure that one, you look okay. And two, you are in your car and not somebody else's. Yeah. And that's all just like, this is where I am. This is who I'm with. I'll message you when I'm done. And hey, guess what? I'm done. I'm on my way home. And again, like these kind of things are exactly why the feminist movement came about too, because like, I don't think men worry about it nearly as much as we do. And, you know, women are taught when you're going to your car, keep your keys between your fingers in case you need to, like, punch or scratch somebody instead of teaching men, you know, don't attack women. Right. Well, and check your backseat. Always look in your backseat. Yeah. And I think that's more of a Hollywood thing, too, because they always lay down in the backseat. Which is so funny because, like, it's so hard to be inconspicuous back there. It is. Well, and that's part of the reason why I have a Kubaton and I don't have mace or anything else because people, if they attack you, they, they are going to come out of nowhere and they're going to come fast. And mm-hmm. so my Kubaton allows me that after I've already been grabbed, I have something that I can get a pressure point and have them release me. Whereas if you're grabbed and you have your mace or something, like you've got to somehow find a way to get that exactly in their eyes where you can't even see where their eyes are. Yeah, I hope you don't get yourself in the process. You don't get yourself, yeah. And same with the taser. You have a taser that you have to somehow manipulate behind you and push a button and make sure that you have it on the person with the contact, with the skin-to-skin contact. So, yeah, and again, this is where I lose um, patience with people who are like, oh, well, you know, make sure you're parking in a well-lit area then or park close to the building. Like, it doesn't matter. Right. If someone wants to grab you, they're going to grab you. And if I can't park in the light, I'm not going to sit in my car idling for 20 minutes to wait for a parking spot to open. Right. And that's why I do like that a lot of the bartenders now have um, the different codes for shots. Yeah. That depending on what you ask for, they know what's going on. Yes. Well, and here's here when we go over like codes and stuff, here's the other thing that female needs, need to understand Um, I get that the mass getting information out is fantastic, but when you're putting over social media to a million people, both male and females, call my number and ask me about cosmetics and I'll be there. Will you just let everybody else know that, that could overhear this, what they're doing? Yeah. Uh, I think that the idea of this is fantastic. And I think as a friend, we need to tell our friends, male or female, if you're ever in a situation, call me and talk about this. Yeah. Yeah, have code words. Yeah, don't let that be a universal, everybody and their mom knows it because then you just lose it. Yeah. 
you lose the, yeah, effect. I've got, um, a friend who I go to a few events with that, um, not necessarily for a safety theme, but for a, like, Hey, we need to end this conversation theme. Uh, we have a safety phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Just get me out of the situation. I'm uncomfortable and, and I don't want confrontation. Yeah. And that's where like, um, see, I've seen it more and more on different platforms. I appreciate. So there was one TikTok guy who, uh, had reached out to all the female creators and he'd put up a phone number. He's like, if someone's being a creep, give them this phone number. And like, he was blown away by the crap he got on that phone number that women were just like, yeah, we deal with that every day. Um, But there was also, there's been a few creators who have done a video that say like, hey, men, if a woman that you don't know comes up to you and starts talking to you like she knows you, like, it's because she's basically asking for your protection because something is going wrong. Pay attention to where she came from, pay attention to who's around, like, you know, maneuver her away from the person and like, don't, you know, don't freak out. Right. Um, On that note, women, if it's your boyfriend that another woman walks up to and start talking, don't automatically get defensive and want to beat him up. Yeah. It could be a, a legitimate situation. So speaking of that, though, and like key phrases and whatnot, I think that society also needs to be more alert of, of what's going on around them. Because if you, you're, you're never alone in a parking lot. No. So if you notice somebody's in the parking lot and something's going on and they're screaming, don't just walk on by, which is now one of the big things in the media because of what happened on the train in, in New York, I believe, where there were people on the train as a woman got raped and nobody well, did anything well new york was also where the whole kitty hawk um situation went down yeah where you know people heard her screams they heard her asking for help and they did nothing and right. she got raped and murdered yeah well in this one's recent there was it, i just saw it yesterday where the woman she was being harassed for 45 minutes before the rape actually happened And they are suspecting that some of the people on the train actually recorded the act, but didn't call the cops. And it wasn't until another stop where one of the train officials or train security or somebody got on that caught the man in the act raping this woman who pulled her, pulled him off and called the cops. But nobody else did. This had been going on, I'm assuming, for at least an hour because the harassment alone was 45 minutes and nobody did anything. But then it was really weird to me that they're like, these people, you know, they just should have done this and there's no repercussions. And I feel like if you watch this happen and don't do anything, there should be repercussions. There should be. And that was, um, so the IT student who she had recorded a conversation going on in her class, she was the only female and the professor was male and the rest of her classmates were male. She recorded part of the conversation that was making her uncomfortable because they were talking about like, um, basically ways to get a, a, away with raping a woman. Right. And, you know, again, like she should have said something, but if you're the only woman in that situation, like I, I, I do understand where women have the like innate reaction, not to say anything. Right. Um, but every single man in that room, even the ones that weren't part of the conversations had just as much responsibility to put a stop to it. And none of them did. Right. They all did. 
and, but and then on the flip side of that, you also get people who are way up too up in people's businesses and call the cops on a family just trying to subdue, you know, their mentally ill or um, gifted child. Right. That happens a ton. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things that it's like, eh, like what message are we sending though? Right. But I feel like even before you call the cops, you can walk up and find out, especially so there was a, a mom in a grocery store that was her kids were freaking out. She was freaking out. And I walked up and all I said was, you're doing a good job. Like, don't let this stress you out and come to find out she wasn't even those weren't her kids. Those were her grandkids. And her daughter had just died like two days ago. Oh, wow. And so they're all melting down in the, in the grocery store because none of them have control or know what's going on. And it is what it is. And everybody was judging them and just walking by. And who knows if anybody called the cops, but it's like, you're doing something that a lot of people wouldn't, these kids could be in the state system right now. So just keep it going. So just because you see somebody freaking out at their kids or their kids freaking out and they're not doing anything, you don't know their story. Don't automatically call the cops. Walk up and see if you can help. Yeah. And then if they're like, no, just back off and leave me alone. Yeah. And I guarantee some of those people that watched that situation were just thinking like, oh, why didn't she just get off the train and get on a different one or move cars? Right. And that is such the wrong thing to think. Like, is you don't think that. Walk up and be like, excuse me, sir, leave her alone. Mm-hmm. And then pull around her so she's no longer sitting alone. Yeah. Let this man know, like, you're one person and we're, I don't know, it could be five people. We're five people. This isn't going to fly. Yeah. And then if he persists, then call the cops and be like, there's this man harassing this woman. We asked him to stop. He's still pursuing. It's not helping. This is a train we're on. This is a route we're on. But don't sit there and do nothing. And especially don't record it. That is such a heinous act to record. Well, it's so normal in social media nowadays, though. Yeah. You see it all the time where, like, there's comments below it. Like, what did the person recording this call the cops? Right. You know, and they usually don't because they want the social media likes. Right. And, you know, on the flip side of that, though, you get the the allies and whatnot who, if they see a, a black man pulled over and, like, more cops than them, like, they will go up and they'll start recording the cops. Yeah. Which and- has been proven to stop, you know, hate crimes that cops sometimes, you know, do do. Um, but it's the same kind of thing. Well, and that's the thing. Like, it's been, it's been proven in a way that isn't actually proof because they're proving that it's stopping them from creating a situation that wasn't created yet, you know? Yeah. So like, but well, it's, it's based off of enough re- like proof of like, they are, you know, there are people who are targeted. There are in, in different cities there are, but again, I think a lot of that, I'm not trying to say that like, that doesn't happen. It definitely does. But I don't think that the people that they've used to show that it happens are great examples of it happening. I can see that. Does that, does that make sense? It does. It does. Like the, the kid that got shot by the cop and he was nowhere in the wrong. That was a fantastic name, but that was a fantastic example. But then you get people who are actively committing a crime with a weapon and the cop shoots them and people are like, well, this is it. I have a hard time with that. 
Like show the yeah. injustice, but show the true injustice because it is there. Yeah, but there's also been way too many cases of cops incorrectly killing someone and getting away with it. There has been, and and unsurprisingly to most, but surprising to other people, it, it's across the board. Yeah. It's an in general cops do sometimes react the wrong way. And we've talked about this before where you can train somebody day and night to react in a situation, but until they get in that situation, nobody actually knows how they're going to react. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the hardest parts about it is you just don't know. Now in some cases where people are 100% in control of their emotions. And you can see that by the way that they react in different videos, you can see that they're in control of what they're choosing to do. Training didn't fail them. They failed their departments. Yeah. Their departments and their base humanity. Right. And again, that needs to, those are the cases that need to be highlighted. Yeah. Those ones that are like, this is legitimately an evil human being, but we also need to understand that this one human being does not encompass an entire career yeah and people forgot that and they did it with the military they've done it with law enforcement they've done it with lawyers they've done it with any public servant service option like firefighters they do it with firefighters they do it with everybody Mm -hmm. marines were called baby killers because one unit went in and they shot everybody regardless of who they were yeah and then studies came out where they showed that you know, the terrorist groups over there were using kids in hopes that they would tap into our humanity and we wouldn't shoot them. Yeah. And these kids would blow up buildings with millions or not millions, but thousands of people in it. But, but then we were deemed baby killers by, by shooting them. And unfortunately they were going to die one way or the other because they had already been influenced to blow somebody up. Yeah. So it's just, it's not fun. Well, and a lot of that, again, goes back to what we've already talked about and the irresponsibility of the media and portraying things they don't understand in a way that makes it sound like they do understand. Well, and it's, it's, a, it's a way that's not beneficial at all. Like, pick the yeah. way you say things. Pick the things that you show. Be smart about it. Yeah. Do your freaking research. Like, yeah. or, or at least say, like, in my opinion, right? Because, like, this whole, this whole piece today is, is pretty opinion-driven. Right. And we're going to probably get a lot of flack for it one day. Yeah. And you know what? It's cool. I want equality, but I want true equality or lateral as long as the lateral is of equal value. Yeah. So it's just, it, it is what it is, guys. There's a lot of opinions out there and not everybody's opinion. In fact, an opinion can't be wrong. It can no. be misinformed misled it can be uneducated but an opinion is an opinion and it can't be wrong yeah and and i think that our knee-jerk reaction to call people uneducated um is the wrong reaction right i think rather than just saying like oh well you're willfully ignorant or you're uneducated and you're fine with being uneducated you know show them where you're getting your information and where you you know where you think it's valuable. And then if they choose to ignore it, then yeah, they are being willfully ignorant, but calling them willfully, willfully ignorant is not going to start the conversation. It's going to put them on the defense. Well, and there is a difference between uneducated and ignorant. Yes. Ignorant is choosing not to learn these things. Whereas uneducated means that you were never given the opportunity to learn it. 
And that's why I say willfully ignorant, because if you do give them the opportunity to learn and then they still refuse to, right. then it's willful. But people aren't, aren't telling people that they're ignorant, which is what they actually mean. They're telling them that they're stupid, basically. Yeah. Because they don't agree with you. That doesn't, that doesn't make me stupid. That just means that I don't align with your views. And that's fine. Like, yeah. I don't have to. And, and that's where, like, the name calling especially. Like, uneducated, bigot, um, racist, uh, anti-feminist, or whatever. You know, all these terms, people are just throwing them out there willy-nilly. Just... Here we go. It's all willy nilly. Well, I don't like you. So you're a racist and I don't like you. So you're stupid and I don't like you. So you must be a bigot. Mm -hmm. Like just stop. Yeah. What everyone I think really needs to realize is that, you know, you, if you care about something, you're going to put in the time, the energy to do the research, to look into it, to follow creators that um, can shed light on that information. Whereas if someone doesn't care about it because it doesn't, affect them or they don't think it affects them they're not going to and I've run into this multiple times in my personal life where you know I've, I've gotten into a debate with someone and they're like well I just don't know where you're getting your information and I'm like yeah that's because you don't care about this the way I do right you're not taking the time to search out indigenous creators or BIPOC creators and listen to them and listen to their input and like listen to the horrors of their lives that they've gone through right but I am because I want to understand and I want to help make it better Well, and with that, don't always believe what people say. Like, take what they say and then research it. Yes. But Wikipedia is not a research tool. No. Get out of Wikipedia and try, for the love of God, not to go to a media article. Find other sources. Yeah. They're out there. The media. And even scientific studies. Like, pay attention to who funded it. Pay attention to, you know all that stuff like there there's so much information out there but it's not all factual and it's not all correct right people pick and choose from what they want to to prove their point and you have to really see the whole argument right and the backstory of the argument before you can really make a true informed decision and let's get real our media news articles are quote unquote news it's tabloid it's all tabloid we haven't oh. had a true news article in decades it's all opinionated it's biased it's what they want you to hear because that's what gets the views yep that's exactly it um so women support women and even if you disagree with the woman have a conversation don't just attack them yeah just because you haven't personally encountered what they've encountered doesn't mean that they're being over dramatic doesn't mean that they're being emotional like really take the time to actually hear the story and understand where they're coming from. And be aware of the fact that you can support a woman without supporting her views. Mm-hmm. And it is what it is. Yep. And have a conversation. Yep. So Let's I- stop with all the freaking labels that are meant to divide us. Like let's stop with the whole anti-feminist or uber-feminist or ultra-feminist or any of those. And like, figure out what you're fighting for. Yeah. Are you truly fighting for equality or are you fighting for entitlement? Because if it's entitlement, then you need to look in yourself and figure out what it is that you're not giving yourself. Mm -hmm. And if it's equality or the lateral movement that's equal, freaking fight it, girl. Yeah. 
And stop being afraid to apply for jobs you want. Even if you think you don't deserve it, just apply. Yeah. And don't deserve it, not qualified, whatever. You can learn any job. Right. You can. So just stop being afraid. Apply generically. Just, Just start applying in a way that makes it to where they can't determine if you're woman, male, black, white, Mexican, doesn't matter. Just apply generically. Mm -hmm. And then you'll get calls based off of whether or not you actually qualify for the job and not off of if you're a woman, if you're Hispanic, it doesn't matter because they will have no idea. Yeah. And if you're one of two women in the office, like don't make it into a woman versus woman competition. Like, you know, if you're both going for the same job, absolutely, you know, compete to the best of your ability, but don't, don't take on the male tactics of it. Don't start tearing each other down, like support each other, help each other prepare for interviews, like anything like that. Yep. And if you're a male or if you're a female in the leadership position, that's doing the interviews, don't look down on the woman because they don't reach your status. They're mm-hmm. obviously applying for your job. Yeah. And don't just pass them over on the job because they're a woman. Like that's yeah. where true quality comes in. Yes. Let's you know, I mean, that. and you're going to get hell either way is the thing. If you do promote the woman, then you're sexist. If you don't promote the woman, then you're sexist. Right. And let's be honest. There's always going to be somebody out there that is smarter than you are. Mm-hmm. And, and that's and- not a bad thing. Like if you talk to them, you can learn. Right. Well, they might be smarter in math, but you know, this other person might be smarter in communications. Yeah. So get over each other (laughs) stop tearing each other apart get over yourselves and find what you have to offer and then freaking offer it Mm -hmm. just do that dang thing yes stop with the slut shaming and everything else like that those are male created terms to make women feel bad about themselves do not play into that they are but also don't play into the standard beauty concepts for women we don't have to wear makeup but we can if we want to Mm -hmm. we don't have to wear that dress but we can if we want to Mm -hmm. what i put on my body is none of your business get off of it exactly (laughs) exactly so all right. Yeah, my sister did work at a call center that was um, business casual, and she got told by one of her supervisors that the reason she'd been passed over for a, a promotion was because her wardrobe wasn't changing. It was it was the same stuff all the time. Yeah, and that was by a female supervisor. It's just so dumb. Yeah, See, I got told once that it was because I showed. So I used to work for one of the, the insurance, the medical insurance companies. Um, and I did Medicare prescriptions. I did the um, Affordable Care Act plans and the employer plans that were offered through the Affordable Care Act. And I was told that I would get too emotionally invested in helping people get the health care that they deserve. Um, and I got told this because one time I wasn't receiving help from anybody. So I went to the CEO of the company, not realizing it was the CEO of the company and it became this huge deal, but Mm -hmm. that dad, his prescription for his daughter so that he didn't have to worry if she was going to make it through the weekend. Yeah. And so I got hounded for that and got demoted for that because I was too emotionally invested in making sure that these things actually happened. Yeah. And women hear that all the time. Right. And that was from right. a supervisor also. Yeah. 
So it's it's a it's still an upward battle, ladies. It's one that we are going to be facing for quite a while. But if we face it together instead of tearing each other apart, we're going to have so much more success. Right. And keep the focus on equality. Don't keep the focus on bitter hatred for the system that I mean, obviously, the system needs to change. But if we keep it on our bitterness, and we want to be treated better, it's going to completely derail the movement. Yeah. Keep the focus on equal treatment. Yeah. And recognize, and I know this one's controversial, and we didn't get as into it as I think that we were going to, but, you know, recognize that trans women are still women. And that's another one. Like, but again, if we are truly equal, then it doesn't matter. Exactly. They're not. If we are truly equal, this wouldn't even be a discussion. Mm-hmm. It's a thing that people are uncomfortable with, but guess what? People can get over it. It's not their body, not their decision. It's not their mental health. If we were truly an equal society, it would not matter. Yep. And that's really where we need to get. Right. But, and it also comes down to equal society that doesn't have to worry about men being treated or men being taught that you need to pick on a woman or do whatever. And women being taught that if a man picks on you, then they like you. Cause another thing is like the bathroom thing where well, we don't want them in the bathroom. Well, how, how, how likely is that really? That argument always cracks me up because they're always like, well, I don't want a, a man who think is dressing like a woman in the bathroom with my daughter. I'm like, okay. Then it's not trans women. You have a problem with it's straight cis male aggressors. Right. There is a difference. No person became a trans, no man became a trans woman so that he could use the same bathroom or so that she could use the same bathroom as your daughter. That's right. not, no. <laughs> right. That's not the reason why they did it. Yeah. And on the flip side, like you're going to tell this woman that she has to go into a male bathroom and, and the men in that bathroom, even if it is a trans woman, they're still going to be uncomfortable with it because that's a woman. Yeah, or they're going to assault them because they're phobic. Yeah. You know, look at what happened with Matthew Shepard. Yeah. And he wasn't even trans. He was just gay. Yep. And that's so, another, our, our LGBT, we were going to get into that. Maybe we need to do a second episode. I think we do. <laughs> yeah, because we were going to get into the LGBTQ+. plus. We were going to get into all that. I think we'll continue this next week. Because the LGBTQ+, plus and all that, that's a whole other discussion to have on feminist rights. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. We should do that. Yeah. And rights in general, because, you know, unfortunately, that group is split as well. And they do attack each other as well. Yeah. And the equality they're looking for, again, is not equality. It's they're looking to be treated differently. I would argue that that's probably a smaller percentage than with uh, feminist rights. But I, I would... I, I can see where you would make that conclusion. Well, and I think that's only because the feminism act or the, the feminism group has been going on for longer out in the open. True. So we yeah. just let's just stop with the toxic masculinity, toxic femininity. Let's just let people be people and stop comparing traits to genders. Right. Because again, a, a male being <sighs> Uh, socially considered soft let's say well i was gonna do it on the opposite side a male being um where he wants a dainty woman or whatever that doesn't necessarily mean he's toxic true 
it just means that he's not interested in women like like you and I. Yeah. And that's, you know, you don't have to be attracted to everybody. Now, the toxicity doesn't come from being a man. The toxicity comes from being an abuser. Women can be abusive also. Mm-hmm. The toxicity comes from the words that they choose to say to people. Women can say the same words. It's not male-only traits to be manipulative. No. Which is, it's really funny that we put it on men because for a long time it was deemed as a feminine trait. Right. Yeah. Narcissism was a woman's thing. Yeah. But again, like I think toxic masculinity gets a lot more um, talked about than toxic femininity. And I think both are are things that just need to stop. Yeah. Yeah. We need to call individuals out on their individual toxic behaviors and not place them in a completely gender unified group. Yeah. Same as careers like your career doesn't make your personality and your gender doesn't make your personality and your political views don't make your personality like <laughs> exactly what's that word don't fence me in yeah That's, don't put me in the box no the song don't fence me in but then yeah oh. don't yes so i know today's song <laughs> awesome for it this time <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, let's let's continue this next week. Yes. I'll be in Hawaii, but I'll make time. Awesome. It'll be like first thing in the morning so that it doesn't so we can get it done, but I'm 3 hours behind there, so let's do that. Okay, that works. Okay. Well, then we'll see everybody next week for the next episode. Yes. Awesome. Thanks. Have a good one. You too. Bye.